Be in peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. The circumcision and naming of Jesus. A beautiful and most wonderful day that the church is privileged to celebrate because Christ fulfills the covenant which God has made with Abraham. The sign of that covenant was one made in the flesh. God demanded that this sign be done as painful and ridiculous as it must have looked to all the world to have a child's body mutilated with the cutting off of the foreskin. It was what God demanded, that they be humbled in their flesh and that they see this sign as the promise of God. It was not the sign itself that made the covenant. A sign is a sign, an act. But there must be something else which accompanies the sign for it to be a covenant. And that is a promise. What was God's promise to Abraham? The most important words that God spoke to Abraham was this. I will be God to you. That isn't Abraham's promise to God. That somehow Abraham has now recognized that he is true God. This is God's promise to man. I will be God to you. I will be a faithful savior to you. I will be to you what you need. What an incredible promise that is. That is what we today celebrate. That God is God to us. Now think about that. What does that mean? That God is God to you. Again, it doesn't start with us to God. It's God to us. So what does that mean? If somebody were from the street to come in here and ask you, what does it mean that your God is God to you? How are you going to answer them? Maybe I should help. I'll give you a couple Suggestions. What does it mean that God is God to us? It means that he is God for us and not against us. When you start there, you see that God is faithful to his creation, though his creation is not so faithful to him. That the God who created the stars and the world and all the seas and everything that we see, everything for us to eat, And all that we have, it comes from him. That he desires our bodies to actually be satisfied and filled with food and drink, clothing and protection. And he provides all of this out of his divine fatherly fatherly goodness and mercy. Without any merit or worthiness in me. That is God to us. He's not just a clockmaker as some have made him out to be that just winds up the clock and lets it go. He is a God that is in creation, a God to his people, not just in one generation, but as he said, from generation to generation to generation. He is a God in the midst of creation. What does he do but help us in every need in our bodies and our needs in our souls? 
He didn't just fashion the earth. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knew us before we had yet been conceived. He created us. And then he set about to care for us. What is it that God will be a God to us? But that when our sins come down to oppress us, that our God forgives those sins and looks past our trespasses and makes us a holy people after himself. What is it but God forgiving his people? For that is what Abraham received that day. In the circumcision of his flesh with the word of promise, he received the forgiveness of God so that he might live before God in holiness and righteousness and purity. What is it for us that God is for us and not against us? That when woe and misery overtake us in this life, for far too often that is what we are acquainted with. In the pains of our body, in old age, even as we see the violence that has overcome the younger generations. A God who is a God to us does not leave us, In the midst of all of that, he is a God to us. That means he comes down to comfort us. To pour balm on our wounds, on our wounds and all of our sadness and sorrow. He tries to take it away from us by pointing us to the son, his son, Jesus Christ. A God to us takes upon himself your cares, your infirmities. As you see in the Jesus that is born to the Virgin Mary, his name means Savior, Redeemer, Helper. He in his flesh takes his, into his body your cares, your infirmities, your sickness. He is acquainted with all of it so that he might be the God who comforts you in all of your affliction. He is there to help and assist and console you in all tribulation, trouble, adversity, persecution. When your heart is filled with anxiety, he says, cast your cares upon me. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. That is a God to us. A God that opens his ears to hearing the cries of of mercy from his people who says, come unto me, who says, I will not forsake you, I will not forget you, you are my people. That is God to us. That we have a God that has promised that he is our dwelling place and a refuge for all generations. You see, the sign of the covenant was circumcision, but the covenant was God's promise to Abraham to be his God and to be the God of his descendants, a God who shall save them from their sins. For God has promised in being a God to us to shower down upon us his grace and his mercy and to make way for us to enter into an eternal place. I will be your God. You see that this covenant given to Abraham is fulfilled in the very gift of Christ to the world. And it is in Christ's circumcision that this promise is revealed to us. That Jesus comes 
to make Abraham the father of many nations. Not just the Jews, but as you heard from St. Paul in Galatians chapter 3, that all people, regardless of race, language, tongue, even male or female, are all justified in Christ Jesus. All forgiven of their sins in Christ Jesus. He brings an end to circumcision by himself being circumcised, born under the law to be obedient to the law. He brings about for us a new covenant. Again, a sign accompanied with a promise. But this for all people. For baptism has now come unto us. That we are washed and made pure and holy in the blood of Christ. And in this crimson flood of baptism, we are purified and made holy. And in baptism, God makes that same promise to each and every one of you. I will be your God, a God to you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? It is God who justifies. It is God who forgives. And he has forgiven you. These sacraments which we speak about in the church are not just these outward signs. But as we teach in baptism, it is not just the water, but it is the water with the word. Without the word, it is just plain water. Without the word, circumcision would just be a mutilation of the flesh. But for those Jews... It was the word of God, the promise which they saw when they looked at their flesh. They saw that God had come to redeem them from the sin of Adam, that had passed down through every generation the seed of a man, and that in Christ now this seed of a woman, a born of a virgin, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, there is now the Savior of the world. This day is so important to us because we find that we aren't to just trust in ourselves, not just trust in baptism because we have been baptized, but we trust in the promise that God makes to us. That is what faith clings to. You have examples in the New Testament, just as in the Old Testament, when people began not to trust in the word of God, but trust in the sign and, with, and, and forgot the word. So in the New Testament, you have people like just after uh, the church in Acts comes together and they appoint Stephen and six others. Stephen goes out and is doing wonderful signs and works. And he goes to the Jews to try to teach them about Christ. But they... They do not like to hear it. They had trusted in the sign and had forgotten the words. They had forgotten the promise of God. They had thought only of the physical act of being circumcised. They say, we are children of Abraham. But just as Jesus had said of them, that their hearts were far from him. They were like whitewashed tombs, clean on the outside, but dead on the inside. And St. Stephen, whom we just had celebrated this past week, and his faith and example of faith 
had said to these Jews as he rebuked them, he said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in the heart and ears. It's not just the physical. There is the spiritual circumcision, whereby God removes from our hearts the foreskin, the uncleanliness of our hearts are removed, and he opens our ears to hear the truth of the gospel so that we do not depend upon ourselves, but we place our faith, the faith that he has created in us, upon the promise. For in the promise of Christ, we find our rest and our peace. When we ask for God to circumcise our hearts, we ask for him to remove from our hearts all things which would keep us from keeping the covenant, from being faithful to God, from being Christians who meditate upon God's law day and night and find our joy in being servants as Christ was a servant to us. For we know that he did not undergo that knife because it was his duty. He was holy and righteous. He was circumcised out of love. He allowed himself to shed the blood just eight days after he was born because he loved the world and desired for us to have salvation, to fulfill this promise of God. That is why Christ is circumcised. He is the Savior, the Redeemer, the Helper. And so for us, we ask that God create in our hearts the desire to love and serve our neighbor as Christ has first served us, that we might be those that can lead people to Christ and to the promise that he gives, that they might be joined with us as a holy church, a people after God's own name, baptized and made holy in the blood of Jesus, so that together with all the world, we may find our true joy and peace in this Savior born to redeem us. For it is that Christ fulfills all things in his birth, in his circumcision, in his baptism, in his perfect holy obedience unto death and death upon the cross, in his crucifixion, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his ascension, in his pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon the church, in his authority and rule and reign over all things. Until the day he comes again in glory, Christ fulfills all things. And so his church gladly has faith in him and joyfully serves and prays to God and trusts in God that he is our God, a God to us who will help and assist us in every need, who will daily and richly forgive all our sins and the sins of all believers, who will console us in all of our tribulations and all of our troubles, who will not leave us or forsake us, who will save us even from death and hell and all the evil foe can throw. The Lord God shall deliver us from it all. For Christ is our Savior. And in his name we say, Amen.
And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.